0: You are listening to Radio Influence. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. This is Victory Monday, and uh, all you Buccaneer fans should feel good about yourself. Kinda. Okay, it was a big victory. Uh, The Buccaneers beat a good Minnesota Vikings team, although they looked slightly flawed. I mean, something had to do with the Buccaneers play as well. But the long and the short of it is you came at it with a victory. You should be happy about that. But you have to evaluate games, not only for that game, but moving forward and how it's going to better you going through, you know, going into the playoffs and going against some better teams because they get much better. In the Minnesota Vikings. They, they really do. At home, off of a buy. a lot of things were leading towards the Buccaneers way for sure. So I got my brother in here with me today, Mr. Sean King. How are you doing, brother? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. And just let me say how impressed mm. I am with what you're doing. Dignitary uh, life is yeah, growing. Man. Yeah. I'm in Ian Beckles' own personal studio. How about I, that? How about that? Great ambiance, great set, and appreciate you having me. No, my my pleasure. The fellows could see me now from Montreal. They'd be like, "What what did you do?" <laughs> he came along from way. that raggedy ass house and those <laughs> raggedy shoes you used to be wearing from back in the day. But uh, for those of you that don't know of Sean, shame of you if you're a Buccaneer fan. Um, Sean's name should go down in the lore of Buccaneer history. Uh, took the team to the, the uh, NFC Championship his rookie rookie year which I'm sure won't ever be done again (laughs) uh, and definitely knows his football coach at USF coach a bunch of different places and just knows football overall. So Sean, let me break, you know, break it down with you a little bit here as far as the Buccaneers in the game yesterday, wins are great. Mm -hmm. What scares you coming out of that game yesterday? What scares you? Well, I think it's the same thing. That's kind of been a reoccurring issue throughout this season. That's a lack of consistency. And I mean, in every area, You know, we'll have stretches in each game where I think we're elite, where we play with a high level of energy, a high level of intensity, and have great production. And then we'll have lulls in that same game where we look like a team that probably should not make the playoffs. And I understand that sometimes you can flip a light switch when the playoffs come, but historically— you have to have demonstrated a certain character, a certain consistency during the regular season in order to actually hoist the Lombardi. So we're still trying to find that. We have not found it as of yet. But I will say this. It's much better to win and try and figure it out than it is to lose. Fact. Now, to me, um, if, we, if I said, uh, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers are usually a great example. This year, they're kind of different, OK, because they, they lost yesterday two in a row. But they're usually a great example. You know, Steelers are going to play defense. They're going to run the football. They're going to, uh, they're, you know, minimize your turnovers, as the Bucs used to do back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. the Bucs aren't quite that now. But if I say, what do the Bucs have to hang their hat on and what's their personality going forward? What do you think? What do they have to hang their hat on? Well, to me, offensively, it's got to be Brady. Like, in order for Tampa to win a championship in 2020, in this NFL season, Tom Brady's got to become the best player on offense. And when I talk about inconsistency, a lot of it revolves around him. Tom's kind of been very hot or very cold. He's not been very consistent. On defense, it's getting actual real pressure on the quarterback. For instance, yesterday, six sacks in that Mm -hmm. game, Kirk Cousins still wasn't really under pressure. You look at those sacks, a lot of those sacks was him holding on to the ball, trying to be more aggressive and, and move the ball down the field. So I just think defensively, it's getting to the quarterback. Offensively, it's Brady being the best player on the field. Now, Brady has looked fantastic at times this year. Um, and other times we're like, ooh. Like, I, I wasn't a Jameis apologist, okay, by any means. Okay? I, I I stuck with Jameis until I got to a point. I go, okay, this doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> this doesn't make sense anymore. Okay? Was it interception 20 or was it 30? Uh, it might, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It might have been 30. Like, I, I held on to the end. But I got to a point where I'm like, Okay, you just can't keep on winning. You can't win if you do this, okay? So bring in Tom Brady, and I'm like, okay, we're going to bring somebody that won't get fooled. He's going to bring a certain aspect to the game that we really haven't seen in a long time. Um, but when you see Tom Brady, he can look like the best. And other times, he looks like he never looked in New England. And maybe that's because uh, he's not comfortable with the system. And there's some things I'm hearing from the brass and and really Bruce Arians, he's the brass, saying, well, Tom is getting confused with coverages. Now, how can Tom Brady be getting confused with coverages? Is he getting confused with coverages or is he just not familiar with the system? Those are two different things. Very true. And I think what you're experiencing is two highly successful people that view the game of football in completely different views completely different lenses on Bruce Arians' set of sunglasses and Tom Brady. Let me preface that by saying I don't think personally there's any issue between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady whatsoever. Some people do. But I think what you have is a difference in habit. Brady is a meticulous uh, grinder. Bruce is an articulate kind of everything's going to be okay, guy. You have a guy in Brady who thinks you should get the ball out very quick, throw short passes, pick up first downs, versus a guy in Bruce Arians who thinks we should be very effective pushing the football down the field. We want to continue to put fear in every defensive coordinator that we face and we're Mm -hmm. going over the top. They're trying to mesh that. Also, the fact that Brady did not get a full offseason with any of his wide receivers. So I think when you put all those three things together, that's where the inconsistency comes. Having said that, I'm going to always call it like I see it. Brady's been bad at times. Yes. It's been a clean pocket. Guys have been wide open, and he's missed very badly. Yes. He's also been really great at times where he's made some unbelievable throws. The throw to Scotty Miller yesterday. The throws in the second half versus the Chiefs before the bye week where you start to see Brady look like the Brady old. Now, the problem, can he find consistency at 43? Football's a hard game. It's an extremely hard game at 42-43. Can he find that consistency in time for us to make a run this year? Football's hard at 25. It's hard at just about every, you know, level at every uh, age. And physically, I couldn't imagine doing it at, at that age. Now, you, you brought up play calling. Uh, Byron Leftwich is, our, I'm doing air quotes, quote-unquote, offensive coordinator. Yet, you know, I'm hearing Bruce Arians talk about Brady's calling the plays, talking about Brady's selecting the plays, Brady's choosing the plays, which I've never heard before. Um, then when I, when I listen to a lot of sports radio, I'll hear – people talking out of the side of their mouth. We got to be more short passes. We got to be more this. And then I'm, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute now, the big plays when we're scoring are from long passes, just like yesterday with, with Scotty Miller. So what do you think we should develop into? If if Tom Brady's calling the plays, which supposedly he is, he's the one calling those deep plays. So everybody's thinking that maybe which is calling plays that are outside of his comfort zone. Tom Brady can make every throw. But I just don't know if we've really developed into exactly what type of passing team we are. We're just, we, some weeks it's real long, some weeks it's short, some weeks it looks like it looks atrocious. So, and we haven't really figured it out yet. I don't think. And I think that's kind of how the pendulum is going for who is in power, who's in control. I think you have Byron and Bruce who really want to push the ball down the field, want to be extremely aggressive. Yet you have what some people think is the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Definitely, in my opinion, the most accomplished, you know, the most successful. He's more of a methodical mid, mid-range mid pass game, short pass game, thought about wall to the backs. And they're trying to find that common ground. I do think they give him some freedom to pick and choose the package for that week and what's in it and what's out of it. At the same time, I just don't think he's consistently executed at the level they expect. And also, don't think that Bruce and Byron are going to change who and what they want to be. Now, the thing I think that's, that doesn't get a lot of attention that has kind of not reared its head yet, but it could potentially is the fact that they got some guys at receiver mm. who, from a production standpoint, are way behind what they're way accustomed behind. to. Yeah, they are. So yeah. I, I hopefully it, it picks up soon because mm-hmm. I know there has to be some frustration with those guys that not getting the kind of shots mm-hmm. and the consistency and volume of shots and looks that they're accustomed to but I brought this up on the air a couple of times and everybody thinks that everybody should be, should be happy if, uh, if you're winning. Okay. And that's usually the case. But when you look at guys like Mike Evans and guys like Godwin um, and I'm even going to go back to OJ Howard. Okay. Tom Brady comes in, you find out Tom Brady is the goat. He's coming into your team. So everybody's real excited. Then OJ Howard's like, cool. I get to play with Tom Brady. And then they brings his guy in. And now O.J. Howard's a backup tight end. Now, before Tom Brady came here, what was everybody saying? That the Bucs have the best uh, receiving core in the whole NFL. Then he went to fight to bring A.B. here. So in a perfect world, it all works out. But I'm not sure that there's people behind closed doors maybe looking at Tom Brady funny at times, especially with a game like yesterday. There's a lot of points left on on that field. A lot of statistics left on that field. I'm wondering if it's all, you know, you know, you know, sweet in that locker room, because sometimes receivers who aren't getting their numbers, that sometimes, all the time, are bitching and moaning. I had to deal with it. Yeah, you know, did. Keyshawn Johnson oh, caught boy. the most oh, touchdowns yeah. in his entire career, but he only caught 56 passes, even though it was eight touchdowns behind it, yeah. and... I got benched, and he caught 100-plus balls the next year, yes, and one, one touchdown. touchdown. <laughs> yeah, right. How about, how about that? <laughs> now, I didn't come in with the cachet or the credibility or the production and accomplishments of Tom Brady, and I think because of what he had done before and previously, you won't hear it publicly. But I know behind closed doors, as you said, you've been in locker room, I've been yeah. in locker room, those guys can't be happy. They're not. They can't be happy that they aren't getting targets. They aren't getting catchable targets. Like, And you can see the frustration in Mike Evans. You really can't. I mean, Antonio Brown hadn't gotten as many the last couple weeks as he got initially. So I think they've got to figure out not just how to game plan versus what the defense does. They have to figure out how to game plan so that their best players get the opportunity to be great. This is Ian Beckles for Fubo. If you're sick of cable and everybody's sick of cable, nobody, I don't have any good cable stories. Nobody does. That's why I'm switching to Fubo for live sports news and primetime TV without the complicated contract. Okay. Do you, obviously we all love watching TV and you hate cable companies. Like I said, I don't have any good relationship with any cable company. You call them, you can't get the right people. Sometimes you can't even talk to a real person. It's time to finally cut the cord with Fubo TV. You can pay less money for more channels. I think that's what everybody wants. You want to cut the cord? But you're worried about missing out on on live TV? Get the best of both worlds with Fubo TV. You can you know watch live and on demand with no bulky set-top box or a big old box on the top. You don't need that anymore. Monthly costs of cable can be you know upwards of two hundred dollars. Fubo TV is about sixty five dollars a month to watch the same channels. You don't have to pay for DVR. Or insulation. So that's obviously a beautiful thing. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTv.com/slash Beckles. No contracts. You can cancel anytime you want to. Go to FuboTv.com slash Beckles, 50% off your first month, and a free trial. That's FUBOTV.com slash Beckles. Now, you guys, back in the day when you guys were excelling, and when I say you guys, I'm saying, you know, late 90 bucks, early 2000 bucks. They kind of all had the same mentality until John Gruden got here. that it changed, obviously. <laughs> um, but you guys knew what you were going to do. Okay, mm-hmm. You knew what your mentality was. Uh, with this Buccaneer team, this is what scares me. They don't run the ball well. They really have it all year long. I mean, I think, you know, Ronald Jones had one really good game. Um, yesterday McCoy got in there, all of a sudden gave him a little spark. Um, I'm not sure Ronald Jones is a starting even NFL running back. I mean, he's he's, he's a serviceable guy. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to win no games with him. But I don't know if, because I'm a run-first guy. That's me. I'm a Big Ten guy, right? I don't know if we're ever going to be that, and I think it's going to be important in the next couple weeks, in December, in January, hopefully still playing, to establish a run, and I don't know if the Bucs are that team. Well, here's what scares you, and understand, I try and be realistic with my opinions and my expectations, and I'm a fan. I'm a passionate fan of Mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just making the playoffs for me. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But you didn't bring Brady in here. You're right. You're right. Now, when you add the fact that you brought Brady in, you signed Antonio Brown, you've done some different things. You know, now your expectations are higher. But this is an organization that has not had success from a playoff standpoint in quite a long time. But having said that, as you mentioned, we're probably going to be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. It looks like all of those destinations are cold-weather cities. What travels? Run game defense. Mm-hmm. Where do we probably have the most efficiencies? Trying to run the ball in known situations. A lot of our runs come when we have a lead, you know, when the other team probably not playing with the same level of intensity. But when we, we've we been required to run. We've been very, very average at best attempting to run the ball. So it's something that I think we need to commit to more. I think Brady's a little better off of play action trying to throw deep than he is in traditional drop back. But, you know, it's something. And I think Ronald Jones is getting better. I don't know if he's an elite talent, Ian, mm-hmm. as you say, but I think he's gotten better since the first day he got here from USC. Little things about Ronald Jones bother me. Mm-hmm. Putting the ball on the ground early in it's the season. It's always uh, He misses blocks all the time in the passing game. All the time. A lot of times It's not you see, his strength. No, you see him get benches because he just whiffed on a block and, and got the goat hit, and people don't obviously like that. Now Fournette was a healthy. scratch. I was just about to ask you. I mean, yeah. what's going on with that? When I saw thirty in the game, yeah. and and I heard Fournette was a healthy scratch. Like I start, hey, what's going on? I don't know if they could they could figure out Fournette. Jacksonville couldn't. I I don't I didn't like the signing to begin with. Okay, dude's almost he's never healthy. When he gets out there, I mean, what's what's the last time Fournette was great? I don't want to down or bash Fournette because I, I we need him, but. Yeah. When they came out of college, if you asked who would be a better NFL running back, Leonard Fournette or Derrick Henry, a lot of people would have said Leonard Fournette straight out of college. Oh, I understand. But this is so, what- so my thing is, mm. I want to see that running back that has so much potential and so much excitement behind what he could possibly be. I don't feel like he runs the ball with the same kind of violence that he used to. I don't think he runs the ball like a big bat a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. We need somebody that can push the pile, uh. that can— the tier guys from one to come in and make tackles. Well, first of all, Derrick Henry is, is becoming an anomaly. Okay, absolutely. Okay? He's and, a unicorn. Yeah, and, and when, when Fournette came out of college, this is me, okay? I've been around the game a long time and I learned this from the great Reggie Cobb, and wrestling rest in peace. Reggie Cobb, uh, Von Dunbar was an Indiana running back way back when, in the 90s. And he said, Beck, you have been watching Vaughn run? I go, yeah, but Vaughn's ball. And he goes, enjoy it. I go, why? He goes, he's not protecting himself. Mm. I go, what? He goes, he's taking too many hits. And from that point on, that's what I watched. That's what I watched. Fournette, coming out of college, I go, he's just not going to last. He doesn't evade enough. St- you know what I mean? You can't come in the NFL anymore and just pass licks as a running back. Like I said, Derrick Henry's a different dude. And he's not really lower head guy. He just kind of just, just, big. He's he a, big just a big dude. He's a that, big human. Yes. You know, there's a difference between running like, you know, um, Christian Okoye and Earl Campbell. You see what I'm saying? Christian Okoye kind of ran straight up. Earl Campbell will lower his head, but now Christian McCoy could probably find Earl Campbell can't walk, okay? Right, true. So, Leonard Fournette, to me, his style is not really conducive to the NFL. Well, here's how I look at it, though. He had to miss multiple weeks when he right. first signed because yep. of COVID. He's yep. been injured mm-hmm. probably 50% of the time He's since he got injured. here. So, that means we got a good four or five-game stretch coming where well, he can carry the load yeah. because we're going to need him in these cold weather games to beat a Leonard Fournette of old. I'm just telling you. But they're of not old, gonna what, be is to, that, what does that mean? I, I, the one year he had that was great in Jacksonville, I'm an optimist over don't here. Kidding. Don't, don't that was, rain that was, on my that parade. While, it was a while ago. <laughs> I mean, he'd been dropping the ball out in the backfield. And, and when I watch other teams play, I think the one uh uh component of an offense that we're lacking is that little drop-off to the running back yeah. and get six yards. Like, I watch other Pittsburgh was great at it. Pittsburgh wasn't run the ball anymore. They just so dump, little dump, little dump. Now, it caught up to them, but they're dropping a lot of balls. Well, they've dropped a the lot of The last three weeks, yeah. good, jeez. I mean... I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm thinking the gloves are bad or something like Maybe they need to order new gloves. They've but, been dude, awful. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It, they, all of them. It's not just yeah, Ebron. It's yeah. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, it's Juju. I mean, it's Claypool. It's all of them. But they're not tough catches. I know. It's Mentally, I think what happens is that they almost... That's in their mind now. Yeah, it's eating them up. Yeah, like Common yeah. said, listen, you don't catch the ball. You can sit, you're sitting the ass on the bench. Now you can't gotta sit be a, all of them. You, no, you can't. But like, <laughs> well, you have to be a strong individual for that not to be in your head right. when the ball's in the air. Yeah. So they've been terrible. They, this is probably the worst three game stretch I've ever seen of an NFL receiving core. Dropping easy, yeah. catchable balls. Yeah. like It's been embarrassing. Ben gets that ball out. Yeah, he's ben been playing, gets playing that good. Ball. Yeah, Ben's been playing yeah, yeah. well. A lot of people thought Ben was done at the beginning of the year. I wouldn't have thought that he would play like he's played this year. He's played good. But he's played played amazing. They're another uh, team that can't run the ball right they now. They can't run it. But they don't try to run the ball either. That's the thing. I think they've run the ball the third fewest. The Pittsburgh Steelers? When did the Pittsburgh Steelers run the third fewest times in the whole NFL? That don't ever happen. Yeah. And they're winning as well. Yeah. But uh, they still have Mike Tomlin, so they're, they're still in a in a good situation. Shout out to Mike Tomlin. I mean, I know they lost two in a row, but eleven and two. If you would have asked anybody before the season, if right? Pittsburgh would be eleven and two to, through for thirteen games. Absolutely, they'd have took the under, no doubt. Now <laughs> there was some there was some luck going on yesterday with the Bucs. There was okay because you can't, you know, every statistical category that you need to win. It was we it was, were down. It, it there. was weird, upset, like in the second <laughs> quarter. Like we have a bunch of former players and people in in the in the in the building here that were concerned about the Bucks. Some had money on it, and people were like, "God, we're getting killed." And I go, "They have six points," and I kept the they they were killing us. I think they, had, they had the had, ball for twenty more minutes, yeah. time of possession than we had. They had six points. I mean, their kicker may not have a locker. I was surprised they put him on the plane. Like, Dan Bailey was so bad yesterday. Like, that was back. one of those deals where, find, hey, man, let's go find a commercial you. flight, dog. I felt bad for the dude, yeah. man. Like, he didn't want to go out there. Yeah, don't even worry about coming <laughs> to the building. You know what we'll do? We're going to do you a favor. Yeah. We're going to pack your locker up for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that might be the case. He might get cut to that. And, and what was crazy, like, I'm a golfer. Like, I like to golf. Yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, I'm pushing the ball right, so I aim left. Yeah. He, he missed every kick everyone. right. <laughs> like I was Badly. Like, can he not see? Yeah. Dude, sh- I mean, I wanted him to miss Move him, over but, like, can he not see? I had money on the under. I was good. Oh, yeah, you were solid. I was real, real, real I mean, good you was solid. Every time he missed it, I was like, yeah. okay, we're feeling good about ourselves. But it, as a whole, with Brady being a little off, listen, we had 17 first downs yesterday at home off a of bye, and Brady had 15 completions. You don't win that game too often. We didn't yeah. exactly run the ball that great. Now Defensively, I think we stepped up with the six sacks. But a lot of that was... I don't do that against... You know. I thought it was Cousins holding the ball and I thought it was the fact that the Vikings were behind. Okay. Because when you look at the first two or three Vikings drives, I mean, they were gashless. They were... I Gashhing mean, we weren't us. getting off blocks in the run. We couldn't I mean, anything. We weren't tackling well. Terribly. Like, we've not been covering well on the back end. Like, Carlos is our best corner. He's been struggling. And listen, I understand every defensive back is listening. To, it's hard to be a DB in the NFL now. Might be the hard I thing mean, to do. These, these officials are ridiculous with these pass interference calls. But, I mean, we're not competitive. We're not even contesting catches, like, most of the time. So, we got some things we got to get fixed. But, listen, if you ask me, would I take 8-5 and five through 13 high with oh, yeah. two Atlanta yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, Detroit yeah. left? Let's see if we can go ahead and get to the end of this and sure. and make it an 11-5 season and have some momentum going into the playoffs. But once again, we didn't bring Brady here just to get to the playoffs. We try to make some noise. And I, I don't know, your boy Sap was texting me during the game, <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, my God. Like He goes, Minnesota might be the dumbest team I've ever seen. But who gets a pass interference? on the last play of the half. And first of all, he was grabbing a, him from like the 20. a slow tight end. <laughs> like he was grabbing he, him from the 20. Okay, he's slow. Let him run into the end zone. We got a oh. bunch of Duke. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was, was ridiculous. Yeah, and you know what? They never called defensive passing interference, but it was so obvious. You know, last time like did they that? made him. Nine years ago. For real. Nine years yeah. ago was the last time on the Hail Mary. Was and then not only, only did they hold him all the way down the field, they hit him before the ball got there with two different people. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, I know Gronk's vert used to be legit, but, like, right now I'm thinking Gronk finally not really got the spring in his. Nah. I mean, used he's, long. To, he's long still, but he's not that guy anymore. But, he's having a good season, though, production-wise, but touchdown-wise. We, we're— I don't find us to be a smart team either. We jump off sides a whole lot. We do. I I find dudes to be wide-ass open a lot. Um, But that being said, defensively, we play great. But I don't know if we want to be going against Julio Jones and those guys right now. You know what I mean? Shout out to Raheem, too. Raheem is doing a great job job in Atlanta. I mean, Mm -hmm. under hard circumstances. You think he retains his job? Uh, It's tough. It's tough. You know, it's tough. I know the players like him. Mm Uh, I think a situation where even if he's not retained as a head coach, Arthur probably would push to keep him on the staff. I hope he gets retained. I think he's earned the right for another chance. Now, Raheem, uh, sometimes it's a money thing. You know, in in a season that there's nobody in the stands, Maybe they just retain his. You would contract, think that, you know I mean? and, and then all of a sudden, sudden SEC football rears its head, and they don't seem to be going through the pandemic that everyone else is. <laughs> I mean, they're firing guys left and right yeah. with three, four years left. Crazy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, for all you SEC fans, a lot of Gator fans out there, I know it's they' a tough cry, Saturday, they man. Crying and they oh man, LSU's bad. Uh, LSU's bad. Don't throw the shoe, dog. Hey, shout out. Don't to throw the shoe, dog. One of my best friends in this world, Brad Johnson. That's got to be an amazing feeling. Brad Johnson's son is the quarterback at LSU. I did not know that. Yeah. 14. Really? Yeah. Him and his wife are sitting on the sideline. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. See, now listen, I, I don't know Brad that well. Good dude. Good dude. Good dude, though. Man. Like, we've had him on yeah. the air. Like, you know, you, you would talk about Keyshawn Johnson. Mm-hmm. If Keyshawn Johnson was on fire, I would not urinate on him. Okay, <laughs> let's get that straight right now. I don't like Keyshawn, and I like to bust him in his eye. Okay? Shout out to Keyshawn. That's my guy. Whatever. I wouldn't let y'all fight. You're the guy. <laughs> okay? So, you know, I, I walked in a locker room one time with a football that my wife wanted to get signed for a charity event. I was with Keyshawn with the Jets. So I was like, hey, Key, what's up? He's like, what's up, dude? Looked at me like you'd never seen me before, which is fine. He's sitting in my locker that I had for seven <laughs> years, right? So I go, hey Key, uh, you mind signing this for my for my wife's uh, charity? And he, he he was talking to somebody and he stuck his hand out and grabbed the football and signed it and gave it back to me and gave me back the pen, but didn't look back at me. Okay. And I felt like saying, I will slap your face. <laughs> then I walk over to Brad Johnson. Hey Brad, Ian Beckles goes, Yeah, I know how you, are. how you doing, buddy? I go, hey, my wife has a charity. What charity is it? Oh, this is. I hope it goes well. He signs it. He goes, hey, man, if you ever need anything. And I was like, that's a nice dude. And then we met his parents. Salt of the earth people, yeah, bro. Yeah, I love, shout out to Brad. That's my guy. Absolutely. You man. know, Brad lives in Athens. He's actually married to Mark Rick's sister and his son with the LSU. How's he doing physically? I heard he good. Was- I heard he's doing okay. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, I heard he was having problems. And, with... and here's why Keyshawn didn't like you. He likes everybody. He's always good to everybody. He just doesn't like black guys from Montreal, Canada that went to Indiana. <laughs> that's a, so aside from been, those things. Specific, <laughs> but you know what's funny? It's not like Keyshawn didn't like me. He didn't know yeah, me from he just, Adam. Yeah. But uh, I hated him when he was in New York. Yeah. When I was in that locker room, Brian Cox right at that locker room, by the way. And one time I saw Brian Cox give him a two-hand shiver in his chest when he had a towel on, just a towel. And I said, yo, Brian, what's that all about? He looked at me and goes, don't nobody like Keyshawn, dog. We got to do a podcast on how legitimately violent it gets in NFL locker rooms. Like, I don't think people understand. <laughs> no, like, don't. this is not like the NBA or like, no. if you have an issue in the NFL locker room, like, it's a real issue to it's get real, settled. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody but, wins, somebody loses, and we move on. Yeah, but it's, it's almost unnatural. To do a lot of things that we did, yeah, very true. Like you know, you go out a football field and you just you're really just fighting with somebody, nah. and then two minutes later you're in a locker room when you're eating fried chicken, with nah. you know what I mean. Nah. So it's not a natural thing, but the machismo that goes out in there, like I've seen Lamar, I've seen Lamar Thomas, who's a buck seventy, punch Scott Dill right in his eye, hey. who's three ten, and Scott Dill didn't do nothing. Hey, there's a hey, there's a high because you just don't know where people is from. It's a room full of alpha males, and the cream rises to the top. Like a lot of guys bark don't bite. It'll it'll separate you and identify you yes. really fast. But but better you, off just to be a good dude. Well, <laughs> it's you know, especially if you can't fight. The, the most important thing, a lot of a lot of them couldn't do. The, <laughs> but the most important thing is that you earn respect. Absolutely. I, the rest of it listen, I don't know if Paul Gruber could fight. Nobody's gonna right. fight Paul Gruber. Paul a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, treat everybody Tony, right. I don't know if Tony Mayberry could yeah. fight. But Tony's just, you know, Tony's going to be there on Sunday. Shout out to light skin, good yeah. hair. How light skin, yeah. good hair doing, was, man? t what's up, He was here, teammate, on, he was up, here on Sunday. He was doing, doing T-May tried to get me killed, man. We're in the yeah. NFC Championship game in St. When Louis. He, he snapped, snapped that ball <laughs> over my head. He tried to set me up, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a conspiracy. But, yeah, man, that locker room was a different place. Uh, listen, I was like to fight guy. Not in locker room, but on the field. I'll fight somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had to establish that quick. I had some people try to punk me and I was like, you, you, you think I'm that guy? It's everybody not, watch. That's not what you want. No, no. Everybody watch, you know, but I've also seen people get punked out in that locker room and once you get punked out, then you a punk. You're right. And then it's, you know, I can't do that because I got to, you got to shoot me. Can't show weakness. No, you got to shoot. <laughs> shoot me. Because they're going to be on you all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no, uh, leave him alone. Nope. <laughs> Listen up to all you sports betters out there. This is Ian Beckles here to tell you about my favorite sports book, that's BetUS. Sports are all back, and that means it's a good time to place your bets. We were waiting around for a long time for sports, and now they're all finally back. I endorse only one sports book, and that's betus.com. Why you ask? BetUS is a pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the business. And I think that's very, very important. You need a sports book with longevity and integrity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. A lot of these other sports books haven't been around very long. You may be betting with them, and then a month later, they may be gone. That's not going to happen with BetUS. Go to BetUS.com now and fill out your information. It only takes a minute. That's BetUS.com. And when you get to the How Did You Hear About Us box, type in In The Trenches. That's In The Trenches, T-R-E-N-C-H-E-S, and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody in the industry gets bigger bonuses than BetUS. 25 years in the business and the best bonuses. How can you miss out? Join today, betus.com. That's betus.com. Don't forget to type in in the trenches when you get there. That's betus.com. Our Buccaneers figure it out. It wasn't the prettiest thing in the world, um, but hopefully they can build it out going forward. The next three games two at Atlanta, once in Detroit. Uh, I believe they should win those games, although I really believe they lose one to Atlanta. That's just the way it normally goes. If they win two out of three, they go to the playoffs, and then we see what happens after that. Yeah, I want us to play a complete game. It'd be nice. You know, that's just what I want to see. And the reason I want to see that is because I think no matter what they say from a confidence standpoint, Mm -hmm. they need it. Yes, they do. They need to see that they can play four quarters and play really, really solid football in all three areas. I think you need that going into the playoffs. Now, before uh, I-, I let you go, since we have uh, a quarterback uh, expert here, we'll give you that. Um, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, before they bench Carson Wentz, you know, Carson Wentz has had his time, okay? Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz looked as bad as I've seen a quarterback look in a while before mm-hmm. they took him out. A lot of people want to blame it on a lot of rough things. I'm going to blame it on Carson Wentz, okay? Mm-hmm. They put Jalen Hurts in there. Jalen Hurts was my pick in, in the draft. I like, go, oh, I think this kid's going to be good, regardless when he's drafted. Um, do you think most of that yesterday that Jalen Hurts got accomplished was was Jalen Hurts or just the fact that Carson Wentz was that bad? Who are you giving the credit? Are you giving the credit to Jalen Hurts or is Carson, Carson Wentz was god-awful? Well, here's what I want to tell you. I think Jalen Hurts is Russell Wilson, Jr., I think everything about Jalen Hurts is 100% Russell Wilson. You know how Kobe mimicked Michael Jordan? Every movement Kobe had, if you put up Michael Jordan, it's the same exact movement. Yeah. To me, Jalen Hurts has studied Russell Wilson. Oh my, everything okay. he does mm-hmm. is exactly the way Russell Wilson approaches it, how he drops back, how sure. he throws it, how he moves in the pocket, it's true, yeah. how he handles yeah. success and failure. So I think this kid has a super bright future. But let me speak on Carson Wentz for one thing, one second, Ian, because mm-hmm. here's something that I hate. I hate when the national media evaluates players based on if they like or dislike them personally. That happens a lot. I hate that. That happens a lot. Like, that really bothers me. And Carson Wentz has been awful. And yet, the majority of people on these platforms are trying to support his failure by assigning it to others when it really was just the fact that when the pocket was clean and guys were open, Carson wasn't hitting them. Point blank period. Point blank period. And and I don't know why it's so hard for people to just identify that. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan for all of the Atlanta Falcons' failures. Has anybody said, well, where does Matt Ryan play a role in this? I mean, here's this golden boy quarterback. How many fourth quarter leads have they blown this Mm. year? They've been pretty average, below average since they blew a second half lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Not saying that Matt Ryan's a bad player, but mm-hmm. why can't you be honest about the fact that he's not showing up? Listen, his nickname is Matty Ice, and he, and he, and he blew a 24-point yeah. lead. You know, I just want people to be honest when they evaluate. Yeah. Like, one thing with, with Brady, and I'm a huge Brady fan. I actually have a Brady jersey shirt. I don't like when the announcers make all of these excuses for Tom. If Tom's playing bad, then okay, he's playing bad. It, it just is what it is. He's oh, yeah. human. I'm he's same capable way. of playing yeah, bad. Yeah. Just like he's capable of playing great. Mm-hmm. Like, just be honest about what we see. Sure. Because then when it's somebody that they don't really care for, or they don't have a personal uh, investment mm-hmm. in, per se, emotionally, then they're very honest. And to me, they're overly critical. Sure. Well, I mean, we're in a perfect spot that we saw that firsthand. Uh Jameis is one of those guys where you could watch a game. If you love Jameis, you'll look at it a certain way. If you hate Jameis, you look at it completely the other way. I thought they were going to put Jameis in yesterday because the Saints were out there molly whopping around. <laughs> Taysom was, yeah. was playing average. I yeah. thought Jameis was going to get a shot. We'll see. We'll see. Listen, I I don't know. I, I don't even know what to think about Jameis. I really don't. Like, I, I wouldn't bet my house on him being successful, but it wouldn't shock me to. It wouldn't shock me. I'll tell you this. Jameis, if he never plays on the snap, Will be the most productive non-successful quarterback the NFL's ever seen. And well, if you look at some, <laughs> if you look at some of the teams and what they put out for real, them, I'm like, you, like I mean, when you look at it, it's just raw numbers on offense, I mean it's phenomenal. Let, let me give you a name who started yesterday. <laughs> listen to this name, Mike Glennon. Oh, I saw it. It was bad. Mike Glennon's played starters three. It was bad, and that's why. And that was my whole thing with <laughs> with, with this offseason. Like, you can't tell me that Jacksonville, Jameis isn't a better option than what they're. I'm trying I'm, now. I'm, like, I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, be serious for a second. I mean, Andy Dalton made eight million dollars. Jameis made one million. Yeah, nah, yeah. Give you rid of Dallas. You can't tell me that Dalton's <sighs> better than, than Jameis. I he's mean, not, come on, he's not. Come he's on. not. So, listen, it's it's a weird thing. What about Josh Allen? What about Josh Allen? Baller. He balls out, oh, bro. Now, a lot of people don't know it because yeah. Buffalo doesn't get a lot of national game mm. attention. He's but starting to get the recognition. Yeah, he's though. good because he's really, he's really good. Like, he was really good yesterday. The yeah. game before he played. Like, I've always, you got to show me. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was with some people yesterday, and we were Mm -hmm. talking about Josh Allen. They were like, "I, do I say? Well, name somebody on offense besides uh, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. And then look at what they're doing. Yep. In that environment, in that weather. When it breaks down. It's never quarterback friendly. He might be the best in the league when it breaks down right now. He might be the best in the league. Well, there's a unicorn in Kansas City. Yeah, that's sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) That was that. (laughs) Back <laughs> there, when I watched that game, I was yeah. like, I don't even know what he's doing. Hey, there's a unicorn in Kansas. I don't even know what the <laughs> hell Outside he's doing. of that guy in Kansas outside City. Yeah, yeah, guy, Josh is yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some special things. He does. Man. He is special. He's talented. And after a while, I feel like saying, make him run to his left. When he rolls to his right, you in trouble. Like he's when he's outside the pocket rolling to the right, you you in big 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 trouble. So how do you feel about the Buccaneers going forward in the next three games? You think they win two or three? I think we sweep. Yeah, yeah, I think we sweep. I think there's still enough competition for actually getting into the playoffs. That they're gonna take it serious. Like we couldn't afford to go two and or one and two. I mean, we might not make it. I mean, it's you, still you might. I saw yesterday right. something. They said there's a ninety six percent chance they make the playoffs. But I think they're taking into consideration the records of who we play. Right. Okay. So. Regardless, we gotta win. We gotta win. Twitter. Listen, anybody in the league right now can beat you except the Jets. They're the only team that's incapable of beating another NFL franchise. Yeah, (laughs) they're in trouble. They're in trouble. But I mean, they can't get in any more trouble. Hey, what do you do on uh, fourth and and forever with uh, under ten seconds left? You go cover zero. What are are the Jets going to do? Do the opposite (laughs) of that. I mean, listen. You play Madden, right? What do you go cover zero? You play Madden, right? (laughs) I was just playing Madden yesterday. And we see my boy's on the 40-yard line, and there's 10, 10, five seconds left. I go, I'm bringing zero blitz. And then I laughed. and i like, I got one guy, two guys stand on the goal line. For real, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. If anything. we lose, it's not going to be like that. It don't make no sense. You got a lot of 10 times to score on me, dog. And and not, not the cornerback was like outside leverage, like Come on, man. sitting at 12 yards. But I you was like, but the, when, you, when you bring eight. And you cover one-on-one with one guy, he can run a slant and run for a touchdown. I'm sticking by this. The owner called down and said, Joe, better not win. That's what I'm sticking with. Don't blow the first pick. <laughs> Bro, I, I've told this story before, but my last year in Philadelphia, we were playing the New York Giants at home, and Juan Castillo was my offensive line coach. Okay. And the first half, Deuce Staley had about 120 yards rushing against the Giants. They couldn't stop us. Bobby Hoying was our quarterback. Second half, we come out slanging. And I was like, "Mm." bro, what are we doing? I was like, my offensive line coach, I go, Juan, come here. He goes, what's up, Beck? And I go, look me in my face and tell me we're not throwing this game. And he looked back, he goes, what? I go, look me in my face and tell me we're not throwing this game. And he just turned around and walked away. And we lost the game. And we ended up getting this, not we, it was them. The Eagles got the second pick of the draft instead of the 10th pick. You know what that was? McNabb. I don't say that it was Donovan Couch was the first pick Which was a terrible pick Yeah, there was a lot of Quarterbacks in that draft And then Donovan went Second yeah, pick overall. wrong t- I ain't mad at him though That's business, man That was a heck of a That's draft That's business, yeah Because I think The rest of that top I think Akili Smith Went three Adrian James Or Champ Bailey Were four or five mm-hmm. Like Torrey Holt was there In that group wow. yeah. Some monster Some really good players Absolutely you, you you miss the game at all? You are kinda out of the game a little bit. You stay you stay on top. I room. I miss the game, absolutely. Yeah. I missed the camaraderie in the locker room, most importantly. I missed those uh direct deposits every two yeah. weeks. First first and foremost, <laughs> direct deposits. Then the camaraderie. I also miss having <laughs> hair too. Like I had hair when yeah, I played. Yeah, yeah. I saw when I stopped uh, playing, hair. I lost my hair. Hair's overrated, bro. So no no doubt. So um you say you still want to get back in the game, correct? Absolutely. Coach, I to coach. Yeah, I want to coach or me, and you can do a podcast and blow up either way. How you want to do it? Dignitary life in the building. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's coming soon at you, no doubt. Well, Sean, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks it. for having me, man. We'll do that again. We'll get you on uh, on the air as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate what you do. No Congrats doubt. Congrats on your success, man. Thank, Thank you. I don't know what success yeah. I got. I just get up in the morning, and I hustle, and that's about that's it. What's that's what's up. it. Anybody wants to contact me, Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. Uh, and if you have any football questions, hit me up. I would love to answer them, but I appreciate you listening in every single week, and let's hope we have another Victory Monday, next Monday, when the Bucks trounce those uh, stankin' Falcons. Like I said, uh, we do love Raheem, but not so much this Sunday coming up. Everybody have a wonderful week, and please be safe. Peace out. You have been
0: in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football quick fix on radio influence. The issue in college football that is going to make its round on all the shows is, is Ohio state deserving. Have they played enough games Four best four most deserving? What is it? How is it? What should it be? You've heard me discuss. There's no real organization on the national college football level. And you know, when I say there should be a de facto commissioner or something, I am not, talking or seeking someone that will run the sport. I don't think that is the case. And, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't run the NFL, but I know people are not happy with government. At least it's not a dictatorship. And if there's one thing that can protect, at least from a governmental standpoint, and I'm not a political person and people that are more learned about politics can maybe do pros and cons. And I really appreciate not getting into it because I don't really not into it, I'm using it in an analogous way, but, but when you, you have a Senate house, you know, presidency, you, you've you've got a lot of people involved in, if there's one thing that maybe is good, potentially in colleges, you usually have a board so that you can prevent somebody from going rogue, but yet it's much more complex and, it, it makes for some interesting decisions. And I have been a belief that college football is something that should be looked at from what's best for the entire sport. That is not the way it is. Uh, it is all for one and one for all. The Landry football podcast with veteran scout and coach. Chris Landry can be found on Apple podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, Google podcasts, and Radioinfluence.com.